Every time one of my straight co-workers gets married or has a kid, the whole team has to come together to give money towards a gift card. Like number one, what do you think happens after you get married? Honeymoon, duh. And two, how do you think, you know, the, the straight co-worker and their significant other are having a kid? Duh, they boinked. But God forbid I'm open in the workplace about my sexuality and that's flaunting my lifestyle. Pfft, get real. Hello my LGBT cuties and welcome back to another episode of A Jaded Gay. I'm Rob Loveless and today I am a jaded gay for the simple fact that I am so freaking tired. The past like two weeks have been kicking my butt. No matter what time I go to bed, I'm just exhausted. I wake up and I'm tired. I mean, I don't know why. I wake up at 4am to work out. I work a full-time job. I try to write and read and podcast on the side and do some gardening. So I don't know why I'm tired all the time, but like no matter how much sleep I get, I'm just still so tired. Like last weekend, Friday night, I was on the couch watching some TV, wearing my bathrobe that says King on it because King of my castle. And I fell asleep on the couch by eight o'clock on a Friday night. Like, I know I'm getting old, but I'm not that old that I can't stay awake that late, right? I don't know. It's whatever. But anyway, thanks for tuning back in as we continue our Pride series for June. Um, this week's episode, we're actually going to be talking about, you know, being out in the workplace. And I think this is an important concept to talk about because it definitely relates to being our authentic selves. I mean, a lot of us might be out in our personal lives, but it seems uncomfortable to be out at work in our professional lives. And you know, the average person spends about 90,000 hours at work in their lifetime, which essentially equals living one third of your life at work. So by being closeted in the workplace, we're basically repressing a major part of our life for a significant period of time. So today we're going to be talking about some of the ins and outs, no pun intended, of being out in the workplace. But as you know, before we jump into the topic, let's pull our tarot card. So today we drew the Three of Swords in reverse. And this card is a little menacing looking at first, and I feel like I've been saying that for the past couple episodes. But this card, it's a heart with three swords stuck right through it on a gray background. So pretty grim, right? And just to recap, you know, swords is tied to the element of air. Um, it's masculine energy, so it's more action oriented. And you can think about it being tied to, you know, our ideas, thoughts, and the way we communicate. The good news is, though, while this card seems a little darker, in the reverse, the key meaning associated with it is recovery and releasing pain. So we're off to a good start. Now, in numerology, the number three is tied to collaboration, expansion, creativity, and community. And I think that's a big one to emphasize here for this episode. So the Three of Swords reminds us that even if we are in a sad place, a darker place, we're feeling pain now in the moment, but we're moving on the path towards recovery. So there is hope on the horizon, there is a silver lining, and we're not going to be stuck in this moment forever. But in order to fully recover, we need to take action to let go of any of the hurt, any of the pain, any of the memories of people who might have wronged us in the past. We need to let all that go. And this card also serves as a gentle reminder that we should avoid bringing our fear of heartbreak into new situations. Now, traditionally, that meaning is tied to more romantic relationships, but I think this also kind of goes into just being vulnerable in general with the people around us, whether it's friends, family, in this episode, coworkers. We need to kind of step forward on an optimistic note, cautiously optimistic maybe, um, and try to let go of some of that fear we might be feeling of being rejected or being misunderstood. 
And on the flip side though, this card could also be suggesting that maybe we feel like a bit of an outcast. Maybe in our social networks or social situations, we feel like we're being pushed out a little bit or don't quite fit in and we're feeling uncomfortable in those situations. So if that's something that's resonating with us, then maybe this is a reminder that we actually just need to take a step back and reflect. And while we're reflecting, it gives us time to connect with ourselves and check in to see how we're doing and really kind of assess who we want to spend our time and energy with and who we want to include in our social networks. But really, I feel that the key takeaway with this card is that we need to reconnect and reprioritize our relationships. You know, assess who we're spending our time with, who we're being our authentic selves with, who values us, who may not be checking in as much as we need to, and really kind of understanding who we want to be surrounding ourselves with. And then, of course, because this card is action-oriented, we need to determine what actions to take to make sure that we're surrounding ourselves with those people who support us in life, who share positive energy and bring us up instead of draining us or making us feel less than. So let's talk work. When most people come into the office Monday morning or log online now that everybody's remote, people always ask how their weekend was. You know, so coworkers will go into detail about their families, their significant others, those sorts of things. But for us gay men, a lot of us tend to be a bit ambiguous in our answers. You know, we give vague details. You know, we might watch the pronouns we use or refer to people as friends in an effort to avoid outing ourselves. So instead of saying my boyfriend and I, you know, went to a flea market or something, we might say, oh, a friend and I did this or a friend and I did that. And I think a lot of us do that because it just feels safer. And we don't know how that information might be received by coworkers. And actually, in the Human Rights Campaign 2019 white paper, A Workplace Divided, they found that nearly half of LGBTQ workers were closeted in the workplace. Now again, those numbers might have changed. Keep in mind that studies from 2019. Um, in 2020, the Supreme Court ruled that the Civil Rights Act protects our community from workplace discrimination. But still, that statistic is pretty staggering, but really not surprising. I mean, after all, these are people's careers, their livelihoods, you need a job and an income to survive, and you want to feel safe in the environment. So sometimes it's just easier to stay closeted and quiet than bringing your authentic self to work. And for me personally, I feel like a bit of a hypocrite because obviously, you know, I have this podcast talking about gay empowerment while being our authentic selves. But even for myself, being out in the workplace has always been a complicated area for me. You know, before I even knew my sexuality, before I understood what sexuality was, you know, I grew up believing that your private life should be separate from work. And I was an anxious young adult in general before I ever came out. So when I started my career and in early jobs, I was very quiet at work and I had trouble socializing with others in general. But then after coming out of my personal life, I stayed closeted in the workplace because I was afraid of how my sexuality could impact my work relationships and what kind of discrimination I could face. So I've always just kind of left it up to people to decide if they think I'm gay or not, and I've never addressed it really. You know, I remember in my first corporate job, we had a happy hour after one day at work. Um, and while we were there, you know, my one coworker asked if I had a girlfriend. And I mean, I was completely single anyway. But it was kind of like a loaded question because, you know, were they genuinely just asking me if I had a girlfriend? Or did they think I was potentially gay and trying to create a conversation where I had the opportunity to be open about it? Because maybe they would be understanding. But again, I was 21 years old at the time, first job out of college, in a new place, on my own for the first time, and it was scary. And I didn't know these people that well. And the fact that, one, I was just young and anxious, and two, closeted, really kind of put a wedge between my ability to open up with others on my team. So I literally just responded, nope, my last name's pretty accurate right now, and made a joke, and they all laughed, luckily. But that was the first time I was presented with that kind of situation, and it was one that I didn't really know how to handle. 
But that wasn't the only time that things like that happened to me. Um, in 2016, I worked at a place where I had some really uncomfortable experiences, actually. There was one time where we were having our Christmas celebration. So we went to a local restaurant for like a late lunch and had a drink. Afterwards, my one coworker and I were walking back to the office because we were going to grab our bags and then, you know, go our separate ways. And I was 23 and I think he was a year younger than me. But, you know, as we're walking back, he's talking about this woman that him and this other guy at work had a crush on or whatever. And I was kind of just, you know, nodding my head, acknowledging it. And he goes, hey, you're into girls, right? I don't know if it's maybe he was a little buzzed and had a little, you know, lower inhibition. So I felt like he could ask that. But as soon as he said that, like, I also saw his face drop and his eyes kind of go wide. And he kind of realized what he did. And he kind of like went like, oh, sorry, I shouldn't have been saying that. But I lied because he asked me the question completely outright. It wasn't even something like, you know, are you are you dating anybody where I could just say, nope, I'm single. Like it was a point blank question. And I lied and I said, yeah, I'm into girls because one, I had seen some of the behavior from other people at that company, not necessarily homophobia wise, but just they seemed very immature. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't have the best reaction to that. But it just, you know, it, it was a really uncomfortable situation to be in. And then like a month or two after that, at that same position, I was on a call with a client, you know, it was a sales job and it was kind of a complicated call that was coming in. So I had to, you know, schedule time to call that person back. But I pulled my manager over in the meantime to go through this client file because I needed some guidance on, you know, how to proceed with it. Now, the gentleman on the phone, he was Polish and he and his wife both had more kind of like Americanized nicknames. But on their client file, their legal name was Polish and they both were very masculine looking. But my manager didn't know that. So as she's looking through this file with me, she sees their names and goes, oh, my God, are these two gay guys? And like it just I mean, and she was an older woman, too. She was like probably in her 50s or early 60s. So I don't know. You can make the argument that like it's a different time that she grew up in. So maybe she has a different reaction to it. But also like being that age in the workplace, you should know what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And I also kind of get tired of the expression like, oh, well, it was a different time back then, because you know what? It's always going to be a different time. Like, you know, 40 years from now, people are going to look through some of the issues that we're going through right now in 2022. And people will say, oh, it was a different time. But is it really a different time for us now in the moment? Like we're living this and knowing that certain things aren't right that we're speaking up against. But is it going to take 40 years for people to say, oh, it was a different time? Anyway, let me get off that rant. I don't even know if that made sense, but whatever. If you get it, you get it. But so anyway, so she's like, yeah, are these two gay guys? And then she starts going through the file and, you know, they have like next of kin and all that stuff. And she goes, oh, my God, they have children, too. I just I just keep hoping that I find a woman's name in here somewhere. And then finally, she had the the aha moment where she realized that these were their like legal Polish names and that their Americanized names, you know, were more of the standard gender conforming, you know, male and female name. And she realized it was a heterosexual couple. But it was just, you know, it was just a really uncomfortable experience to be in because part of me guesses maybe she didn't know I was gay and that's why she felt comfortable saying those things around me. But at the same time, like that's a really just shitty thing to do, especially as a manager. And then I've also had other experiences where, you know, I've always worked in pretty much corporate offices and I've had experiences where people, I guess they must put it together that I'm gay and they're cool with it. But it's coming up in like a weird way where, you know, if I'm talking to a female coworker, she's like, oh, girl or hey, babe. And like, I don't even really do that too much with my friends in real life anyway like not for any you know like oh too feminine or i'm mask bro type of thing i just don't really talk like that in general so if my friend said that to me that'd be one thing but for a coworker to say that who i really don't know that well just totally inappropriate and i've even worked for some companies that have lgbtq plus uh, employee resource groups so you know they're trying to you know drum up their support and show that they're you know pro-diversity and all this 
but then they send out company-wide emails asking employees to donate to their PAC funds to support candidates who align with the company's financial interests, which you know translates to Republicans. And nine times out of ten, those same people who are so good for the economy are so pro-religious freedom that they're actively discriminating against gay people. So it's kind of like a catch-22 there. Like, this company is building this supportive network for gay people, but they also want people to donate money for candidates who are going to hurt those people in the end. So no surprise, because of all these experiences, I've never really felt supported in the workplaces that I've been in. And any time that something came up where it was a situation where like people might have been questioning my sexuality, whether it was, are you into girls? Or when somebody called me girl or babe, it just, it brought up these feelings of shame. Like I was in a position where I might have to come out all over again and in a totally different setting compared to my personal life. And it sucks because how often do we have these little team celebrations for somebody who's getting married or having a baby? You know, for heterosexual people, of course. And yet, being out in the workplace can feel like such a taboo that it's quote-unquote unprofessional to bring into the office. And you know, in my current workplace, I guess I'm semi-out. I'm part of the LGBTQ uh, employee resource group. I've helped with some, you know, marketing stuff with that. So I think between my work with that group and my work wardrobe, people suspect that I'm gay. But I've never said the words I'm gay to anyone at work before because it still feels kind of risky. And for a long time, our community wasn't even protected from LGBTQ discrimination in the workplace. In fact, it wasn't until June 15th, 2020, that the Supreme Court decided by a 6-3 to vote that Title VII protects gay, lesbian, and transgender people from discrimination in employment. So just a little, you know, policy lesson here. Title VII protects discrimination on the basis of sex, but there was debate over whether or not sex also extended to sexual orientation and gender identity. And shocker, but uh, Trump's pick, Brett Kavanaugh, voted against these protections being extended to LGBTQ employees. Anyway, while this landmark decision opened the doors for LGBTQ employees to come out without fear of losing their jobs, there's still additional challenges our community faces in the workplace. First of all, from a discrimination standpoint, this law doesn't apply to companies with less than 15 employees, and there's still an open question about if an LGBTQ person can be fired for religious reasons. And then there's also gaps in employee benefits for LGBTQ families. But above all, even though we have this law, it doesn't stop negative remarks, comments, and hostility from homophobic coworkers. Sure, we have protections, but it can be really tough to prove discrimination in the workplace. And even if action is taken, it's an uncomfortable situation to be in. So just because we have this basic protection in place, we still may not feel inclined to be out in the workplace. And it also doesn't protect us from the shame we may feel from having to constantly come out. But while that is scary, I do think there is actually a benefit to being out in the workplace because having a community of employees in your workplace can help mitigate some of these negative experiences and subsequent shame. You know, as we've talked about in past episodes, representation is important, not only in media, but also in the workplace. A McKinsey article published on June 23rd, 2020, so just after that bill was passed, um, they published a research article regarding how the LGBTQ community fares in the workplace. And it found that while estimates of 5.1% of women and 3.9% of men in the U.S. identify as LGBTQ+, there's a lack of representation in corporate America. So I'm going to go through some numbers for different level positions in a company. And these numbers are representative of the out LGBTQ employees in that level. So in terms of representation at entry level, 2.3% um, of women um, and 3.1% of men are LGBTQ. Manager, we have 1.6% for women, 2.8% for men. Senior manager slash director, we have 1.2% for women and 3% for men. 
Vice president, we have 0.7% for women and 1.9% for men. And then C-suite, we have 0.6% for women and 2.9% for men. So as I said those numbers, I'm sure you could pick up on that significant dip for LGBTQ plus women um, as you go up the chain. And while that you know dip in representation is more significant for LGBTQ plus women, both of those groups are below representation levels. So again, you know we have 5.1% of women identifying as LGBTQ plus, but in the C-suite level, only 0.6% of women are LGBTQ plus. And as we know, a lack of representation can cause feelings of isolation and loneliness or feeling like an other. So going off of this lack of representation, in 2018, the HRC Foundation's Workplace Equality Program listed the top four reasons people are afraid to come out at work. 38% feared the possibility of being stereotyped. 36% feared possibly making people feel uncomfortable. 31% feared possibility of losing connections or relationships with coworkers. And 27% feared that people might think they'd be attracted to them because they're LGBTQ. And tying to that last factor there, unfortunately, sexual orientation for LGBTQ people is still being sexualized. Again, our straight coworkers can have those little office celebrations for when they're getting married or when they're having kids. But nobody goes to that place because heterosexual is just the norm. However, when you bring up that somebody's gay, people still kind of sexualize it in that contrast. You know, when somebody comes out as gay, it goes right to that place of sexualization. You don't just view them as one of your other coworkers. There's this sexualized component that hangs over it. And in fact, 46% of heteros said they wouldn't be very comfortable working with an LGBTQ coworker. And a majority said it was because they, quote unquote, didn't want to hear about their coworker's sex life. And that really pisses me off because heteros go through life with their relationships and they're not being sexualized. But God forbid I say me and my boyfriend, which I don't have, by the way, and people lose their goddamn minds because it's like, oh, ew, I don't want to hear about your sex life. Bitch, I ain't talking about it. I said we went to the farmer's market. Nothing about sex is implied in that sentence. But the kicker is we celebrate straight coworkers for things that could easily be sexualized. I mean, I've had to contribute money to gift cards for straight coworkers who are getting married and having kids. We're celebrating that you're pregnant. Are you the Virgin Mary? No. So obviously you had sex. But that kind of celebration is okay, right? But when somebody discloses they're gay, suddenly that's sexualized in a negative way. And unsurprisingly, because there are some uncomfortable work environments, employees are losing LGBTQ talent. Therefore, it's mutually beneficial to create an inclusive workplace for both employees and the employer. So companies should be providing resources and a network for the LGBTQ plus community, which you do often see in larger organizations. By doing this, you're creating an environment that feels psychologically safe for the community to bring their authentic selves to work. In fact, being able to bring your authentic self to work and being out in the workplace contributes to greater career satisfaction. Additionally, there are several benefits for being out and open at work. Number one, it eliminates the need to hide or mislead. And you know, hiding who you are is exhausting, and not only is that a negative drain on yourself, but it's also distracting you from being your best at work and boosting your career performance. Number two, it builds trusting working relationships. And this goes back to our episode on interpersonal vulnerability. Being your true self can make it easier to connect with others, and it helps fight that sense of loneliness. And going right into number three, it makes deeper friendships possible. And not only with your direct team, but through LGBTQ networking, if you have an employee resource group or some sort of organization there that can support you. And number four, it breaks down barriers to understanding. Now, I don't have specific numbers, but I've seen studies in the past that state that knowing somebody who identifies as LGBTQ plus can positively impact their views of LGBTQ plus issues. So if you're considering coming out at work, there's a few things you want to assess about your company before you do. 
Obviously, your main priority should be, does your employer have a written non-discrimination policy? And does it specifically cover sexual orientation and or gender identity and expression? Does your insurance cover domestic partner benefits? And for trans individuals, does health coverage cover transitioning costs? Next, look to see if there's a lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer employee resource group at your workplace. You're also going to want to assess what the overall climate in your workplace is. Do people tend to make derogatory comments or jokes, or do they seem pretty open and understanding? And also, are any of your coworkers openly LGBTQ? You're going to also want to assess your work relationships. What are they like? Do people discuss their personal lives at work? Are they asking questions about yours? And does the atmosphere seem friendly or guarded? You also want to do some research to understand if your state or locality have a non-discrimination law, including sexual orientation and gender identity and expression. And lastly, this is really important, check to see if your company is ranked on the Human Rights Campaign Corporate Equality Index, and if so, what's their ranking? Now, obviously, if your company has an LGBTQ plus employee resource group or network, that can be an easy way to come out in a supportive environment. In fact, one of the larger groups out there is PRISM, and they were founded back in 1992. Since then, they've actually assisted hundreds of organizations in 24 countries by providing a systemic diversity and inclusion process and best-in-practices performance solutions, which focus on optimizing the opportunities and complexities of the workforce, workplace, and marketplace. And being a part of PRISM or a similar LGBTQ employee resource group can connect you with resources, events, and networking opportunities, which can help overcome any loneliness we may experience in the workplace. Also, these employee resource groups can tackle some of those issues we listed above in terms of if your company is, you know, a friendly environment, if they're ranked well on the HRC's corporate equality index, and if they have inclusive policies as well. So that's a pretty easy way to come out. And obviously, easy is a sensitive word to use because it's never truly easy coming out, but it's a better way of coming out in a supportive environment. And, you know, if your company doesn't have an employee resource group and you're feeling brave, see if you can work to launch one in your workplace. And if either of those options don't appeal to you because it might seem a little too visible, you can kind of non-verbally be out in the workplace too through little things. You know, for example, you can maybe put a small rainbow flag in your pen holder or put an HRC sticker in your cubicle somewhere or even publish a story to your internet during Pride Month. Or if you're working virtually, have a rainbow flag in your virtual background or something like that. While this may not totally signify that you're out to people at work, um, it definitely still kind of aligns you that this is something you care about, whether you are an LGBTQ person or an ally. You know, people will see these small things. They'll see the internet story talking about, you know, Pride Month. They'll see the small items of visibility, you know, in your workspace or in your virtual background and realize that you're aligned to that. And even if the coming out conversation doesn't happen, it still creates that representation in the workplace and can help lower some barriers and maybe even foster some understanding between you and your coworkers. But ultimately, if you feel that you're in a safe environment to come out in the workplace, I would definitely encourage it. And these are words I need to tell myself too, because being out in the workplace not only allows ourselves to live more authentically, but it may create an even greater sense of visibility to help others come out who might be in similar situations as us. I know we've talked about this in past episodes about saying, you know, be the role model you needed to see when you were a young gay child. And it kind of goes into the workplace, too. You know, for somebody who's bright eyed, bushy tailed out of college and coming into a workplace, they might be one, just nervous because it's a totally new environment for them. First time they're on their own. 
But two, they might be closeted and really kind of feeling that isolation or loneliness. So if we, you know, who have been in the workforce for a few years or maybe a seasoned veteran, if we can put ourselves out there and create that sense of visibility by being out and open and authentic, that can help the next generation and prevent others from feeling that own sense of isolation. Even if, you know, younger generations aren't quite ready to come out in the workplace, they can at least feel supported and know that they are in a safe space if they want to come out eventually. So again, before coming out, obviously make sure you're in a safe environment to do so and that your career won't be jeopardized. But being out at work is just another aspect of how we can live authentically, especially since, you know, like I said at the top of the episode, work is a place that we spend a great majority of our time with. So even if we're just closeted in one aspect of our life, it's a pretty big aspect to be repressing ourselves. And connecting it back to the tarot, the three of hearts in reverse tells us that we shouldn't fear heartbreak. We should try to let go of bringing the fear of heartbreak into any new situations. Obviously, we're not talking about romantic relationships, but even into new situations at work. You know, if we've been in maybe a non-gay friendly work environment in the past, or if we've had coworkers who have had negative reactions in the past, you know, at previous companies, we can't bring those fears with us into a new workplace. We at least need to come into situations with a clean slate and allow ourselves to be open with others. You know, it's a reminder to reconnect and reprioritize. So we need to assess that social network that we're surrounding ourselves with. And specifically in this episode, our coworkers, you know, are they people who are supportive of us? Do they seem supportive in general, even if you're not out? Do they seem friendly and that they're invested in knowing each other's lives beyond just work? Um, Of course, in an appropriate way. Or do you have some coworkers who, you know, maybe are a little bit stuck in some old ways and saying some ignorant things, even if it's not directly homophobic, but just ignorant comments that aren't appropriate for the workplace in general. And again, the three of hearts in reverse is an action card. So while we're reconnecting and reprioritizing, we need to be ready to take action. And like I said, maybe that action is in the form of, you know, coming out, which is a big deal, or being involved in an LGBTQ plus employee resource group at work if we have one. Or maybe it's something even as simple as just, like I said, putting the rainbow flag in your pen holder or having a rainbow flag in your virtual background or an HRC sticker or something signifying equality. Nothing is too small. While you might think, oh, I'm just doing this here, I'm afraid to actually verbalize the words. This is a very difficult ground to navigate for everyone. Again, we don't just come out once. We're really always coming out. Um, And it can be very uncomfortable. And sometimes, unfortunately, that still brings up some shame we might be repressing from the past. So no action is too small as long as you're taking action. And by taking that action, it might reveal who genuinely supports us in the workplace. And just to tie it all up too, the three of hearts in reversed also signifies that the pain that we've been feeling, while we might have pain in the moment, we're on the path to recovery, but we need to figure out the action to take to get to that point, to put the pain behind us. And I genuinely do think that being our authentic selves, while it may be uncomfortable in the moment, will ultimately feel better about ourselves as we go on. We'll be more at peace with that, we'll be more at peace with the people around us, and it will give us the opportunity to form deeper relationships with our coworkers. So as always, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this resonated with you. I hope you're all feeling energized and ready to take some action to be your authentic self. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. A Jaded Gay is now available on all streaming platforms wherever you can get podcasts at. So yay, small win. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at A Jaded Gay Pod. And you can follow me, Rob Loveless, on Instagram at Rob underscore Loveless or on Twitter at Rob J. Loveless. And remember... Every day is all we have, so you got to make your own happiness. Mm, bye.
So, work. Everybody loves it, right? Five days a week, 40 hours. Yeah, fucking right. 